I'm really excited about the new series for the summer, right? We've come to Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to be talking about stories of faith. For those of you that are familiar with Hebrews 11, it is best known in Christian circles as the Hall of Faith. And it is, it is these wonderful stories because the Christian life is all about living by faith. I love how the A.W. Tozer put it when he said, a Christian is one who feels supreme love for one he has never met or seen. Talks familiarly every day to someone he cannot see. Sees the invisible, hears the inaudible, and knows that which passes knowledge. It is a walk of faith. And if you remember, as you've been, if you've been with us as we've been studying the book of Hebrews, that's been the encouragement to these people. Don't shrink back. Don't fall away. Don't go on sinning willfully. Don't drift. Walk by faith. Remember, there's a future day coming. There, is a, there remains for the people of God a Sabbath rest, right? Inheritance. There is great reward. So walk by faith. And so in this passage, he presents three things about faith. First of all, the dilemma of faith. We actually kind of started looking at that two weekends ago when we were in chapter 10. Then the description of what this faith looked like. And then lastly, he, he, uh, he's going to talk about the importance of faith. So I want to read the first six verses of chapter 11. We're not going to deal with verses 4 and 5 today. We're going to do that next weekend. Uh, as he gives the example of Abel and Enoch. But we'll read them today just so you can get the context. So if you'll read along as I read out loud, that would, be, that would be great. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the men of old gained approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds which were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testifying about his gifts and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death, and he was not found because God took him up. For he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who seek him. So to understand this transition, you actually have to understand that when we talk about faith here, he's not talking about saving faith. That's not been his issue in this book. He's talking to believers. He's talking to those who have been sanctified once and for all. He's talking to brethren and sisters. Right? He's talking to people who are of the faith. They've come to saving faith. So what he's talking about when he talks about faith here, he's talking about living faith. How do we persevere? How do we push on? In fact, if you remember, chapter 10 was that last warning passage. And he was talking about, you know, in verse 26, if we go on sinning willfully after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sins. We talked about what that means. But where did he come to? He came back to faith. Verse 38, but my righteous one shall live by faith. 
And if if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. For we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. So his whole point was reminding us that every single one of us who know Jesus, we have been saved by faith, we have been justified, we have the decision every day, are we going to persevere? Are we going to walk in faith and continue on, or are we going to shrink back? Are we going to live in the here and now? His point has been, live for that day, live for that reward. In fact, if you look there in what, verse 35 of chapter 10, he had just said, therefore, don't throw away your confidence, which has great reward. The things that we haven't seen yet, right? We've not been to the judgment seat of Christ. We haven't seen Jesus in heaven. We haven't been there yet, but we live for that day. That's faith. That's how you persevere. But every day, we have to make the choice. Are we going to persevere in faith? Or are we going to only live with what we can see and touch in the here and the now? Listen to our culture, which talks to us against the things of God. And so that's the dilemma. It's the dilemma of faith. Persevere or shrink back. And the point that he's making now is he comes to this chapter 11, this hall of faith, is all these Old Testament saints persevered through faith. And because they can do it, you can do it. By the way, this is what we're going to do. We're we're actually not going to preach through Hebrews 11, what we're going to do is take this summer the characters of Hebrews 11, go back to the Old Testament, we're going to tell their stories, we're going to see their stories of faith. And the whole point is, because they did it, you can do it. Because here's the thing, you read the lot of these, they're going to make you feel good. Because they weren't the brightest, the sharpest, the most perfect people. In fact, some of them are pretty broken. I mean, you got Noah in the hall of faith. And man, what a great man of faith. He builds a boat for 100 years for rain, which we've never seen before. And a flood, which they've never experienced. He ends up getting drunk and exposing himself. You got Rahab. She's a prostitute. She makes the hall of faith can't wait for that weekend man what a great story of redemption you got abraham oh yeah abraham great man of faith remember hagar sarah laughs at god samson now there's a winner samson who ends up killing more of the enemies of God in his death after he's had his eyes put out because he's, he falls in weakness over and over to the passions of this life and yet he makes the hall of faith. This is his point. Folk, it's not for the perfect. It's for those who live by faith. And each one of them in their imperfections and in their brokenness continually came back in faith. And to live by faith means that every day we have this choice that we can live for what now we cannot see and live for that which we cannot touch and taste. But we can live for that day we will stand before the Lord 
And there comes with that great reward. The Old Testament saints, they weren't all that hot. And they did it. So can you. So can you. Then he gives us the description of faith. Verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. Maybe your Bible uses the word substance. Really the idea is it's a guarantee. In the Greek, that word was often used as a title guarantee of owning a piece of land. So you didn't have the land with you, but it belonged to you. And this title deed was the substance. It was the assurance. It was the, that you, you owned it. This word that he uses here for assurance substance he's used two other times in the book of hebrews the first time in chapter one i think gives us a sense of what he means remember when he's talking about jesus who is the exact representation of his nature exact representation he's the same substance as god same word faith is the title guarantee. It's the substance. It's the foundation on which we build the Christian life. And notice he, he mentions here things to come. Well, again, in the context of Hebrews, what is it that needed to come? What is it that was kind of the promise? Well, number one, it was spiritual maturity because that's what these people lacked. They were drifting. They're falling back. And you remember there in chapter 5, he says you should be able to eat meat, but you could only drink milk. Milk. You should be a teacher, but you, but you still need to learn these elementary things again. But in Christ, there is maturity if you walk by faith. But then you also notice it's not just about things that come, things that are not seen, the convictions of things not seen. And then he uses this example in chapter 3. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. So it's not just in things that are to come. It's just simply taking God at his word even things in the past. And he goes to creation. That God made it ex nihilo. Out of nothing. Now, as we're all aware, I got a few miles behind me, right? When I was in school, maybe some of you can can appreciate this the grade school but primarily remember junior high and high school all the textbooks was all about this this idea that how this all happened was evolution right and, and they would give proofs they would give proof in first of all the fossil record you could go to the fossil record and they had all these pictures of how it went from this to this to this and you could see it in the layers and you could see the development and it was like it's true and, and then they would, they, they would write this, this chain of how things started with an amoeba and then turned into the little tadpole and then turned into fish and then turned into the frog and eventually you get to man and it's, you could see the pictures, right? It was all good. And yet I'm reading the Bible and the Bible says, no, God created it. But I can't touch it. I wasn't there. Were any of you there? I wasn't there. Here's the Here's the thing. I've lived long enough now to know that actually the fossil record doesn't say anything about evolution. 
It's not there. That's why you don't hear about it. Some of you, what's the fossil record? Yeah, you don't hear about it anymore. You know why? Because there is no, there is no pr proof of evolution in it. In fact, most of the fossil record is about sea animals up on mountains. Might even point that there was a worldwide flood sometime. Who knew? And oh, by the way, I've lived long enough that they've gotten into the chromosomes and the DNA and have been able to go look for that link to kind of move it all the way up to man. And guess what? It's not there. You're no closer to a monkey than you are to a dog. It's just, it's not there. Faith is the title guarantee not only of things to come, but things unseen. The second thing he says is that it's the conviction, the, the certainty of, of all of this, the, the proof, the evidence maybe. And if you've ever stood beside the cooling body of a saint who has just departed, you understand what it is to to not mourn for them because in that moment the Bible says to be absent from the body they are present with Jesus and so in this moment of grief your heart is actually ecstatic for joy with what they are beginning to experience what their eyes are now seeing what their hands are now touching things unseen things yet to come Stuff that we haven't experienced yet. But that's faith. I, I love what uh, Oswald Sanders said about faith. Faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as present and the invisible as seen. Right? So we are called to walk by faith. And this faith is, is living for things that we can't touch yet. Right? How many of us have been to heaven? How many of us have, have been in that moment where we get to rule and reign with Jesus? Not a one of us. It's, it's unseen. It's untouched. But we live for that day. We order our life for that day that we're going to stand before Jesus and hear, well done, good and faithful servant, because we know that one day we will stand there and we want to hear those words and we want to be rewarded. We want to be seen as having been faithful to the one who loved us and gave his life. And folk, can I tell you the best way? Because I know sometimes people say, well, I'm just not a person of faith, right? I got, I got to touch, I got to see. Well, the best way to grow in faith is just to walk faithfully. Or maybe the better way I could have put it is to walk in obedience. Just take God at his word. Why not put him to the test? You know, sometimes people have a crisis of faith. And what they end up doing is say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn. I mean, it's almost like the people in Hebrews. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk away. I'm going to go this way, and maybe God will prove it to me at some point. I got an idea. You have a crisis of faith. Why don't you just put God to the test, like walk towards him, put it on him? I've shared with you before, I was at Moody Bible Institute, and I wouldn't really call it a crisis of faith. I, I knew that it was real, but 
the reality that I was given my entire life, right? The, I was giving my entire life to preach this message and to move people towards this. And it was like, man, is it, is it really true? I don't want to be a false witness. And I've shared with you how in those moments, God took me through a number of things. One was just simply, you know, could I trust him with, I, I, I had the... Uh, the payments coming due on, on my education and yet I believed that as a believer I needed to give 10%. I made just enough money but if I gave my 10%, right, and I, I wouldn't have enough to pay the bill. And, but I just put God to the test and said, okay, I believe this is what you called me to do. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bill and God provided, right? And it was a thing of faith. I started praying about things, prayed for months about things. But as I look back, I saw how God answered the best way to grow in faith is just to walk in obedience. Take God at his word. I mean, seriously. You say, well, I struggle with faith. All right, let me ask you. Do you give? Start giving 10%. Give God six months. Just six months. And see if you start giving, if God doesn't provide. It's, it's an amazing thing. And you will see the faithfulness of God. Now, trust me, the first week or two knows because the enemy's going to try to throw, you'll get flat tires, your refrigerator will break. It's just, it's, it's amazing how that works. We might be in a spiritual battle. But you give it six months and what you'll, you'll look back and you'll say, man, God is just the best way to grow in faith is to walk in faithfulness. Some of you are... Uh, some of you are living together. You kind of know you shouldn't. But it's like, we can't really afford to move out. We want to get married. And man, why don't, why don't you just put God to the test? Do what he tells you to do. I remember one couple that came to the church. And it was pretty clear pretty early on that they, you know, because they had different last names that weren't married. Got to know them. And so finally I sat down and kind of heard their testimony. They both gotten saved in college. And uh, they loved Jesus. Which then, of course, you know, if I take you out for iced tea, you know what's coming. All right? There you go. So I said, well, I, what, I, what I don't understand was you, you love Jesus but you're, you're living together. And it was like, yeah, and we've really been convicted. In fact, so much so that she had actually moved into another bedroom and they were not sleeping together at this point. I said, well, you know, cool, right? So, so but that can become unhealthy too, right? We, if you believe God's called you to be married. So, you know, what are some of the options? We talked to a bunch of them. And of course, I would have taken option one. Because I can't imagine life without Tammy. So if it had been me, it's like, let's go down, let's just get married. I'll offer to marry him, and then we'll, you know, throw a wedding before. But they were saying, but, you know, but our family who doesn't, you know, we've got to honor God before them. And they went and prayed about it and came back. She said, you, they said, you know what? we got to honor God. So I'm moving home to Texas with her mom, who, by the way, she didn't have a great relationship with. And the wedding was originally scheduled, I think, the next November. It's about a year out. And I said, well, man, I'll, I'll come and do it. So I got to fly to Austin, Texas to do their wedding. And it was, it was so cool. But I grabbed them at the rehearsal dinner, and I, I just, 
I had a little time alone with them. I said, guys, I just want you to know how proud I am of you. And, and I don't know, I'm sure it's been a tough year, but God's going to honor this and go, oh, no, no, no. In fact, start getting tears in their eyes. God's, God's already, this was the best thing that ever happened to us. It's the best thing that happened to our relationship. It's the best thing that happened to our relationship with our family. God's already made this up more than ever. Folks, the best way to grow in faith is to walk faithfully, walk in obedience. What's that thing that you just think that somehow, you know, God is gonna, not going to be able to keep his word? Walk in obedience. Put God to the test. That's what, that's what these people did. You don't think that someplace along the line Noah had, you know, in that hundred years, that question, hmm, is rain really coming? Put God to the test. The third thing is the importance of faith. There's really three things he gives us. The first thing is in verse 2. For by it, men of old gained approval. The gained approval has the idea of a testimony. Living by faith is what allows us to, to have a testimony before God and man. It's, it's the way that both with man we let our light shine, right? That whole idea of Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men in such a way they may see your good works, glorify your Father. It's the way we're able to turn to Him. But it's also the way we gain a testimony with God. These all have a testimony with God. That's why they're in Hebrews 11. That's why they're in the hall of faith, as broken as they were. It's important. Secondly, did you notice verse 6? Another reason it's important, and without faith, it is impossible. Now, let's settle down there for a moment. Impossible. Not improbable. Not Without faith, it's difficult to please God. Not without faith, it's a struggle to please God. Impossible. Impossible. That's why our relationship with God is always built on faith. It's never been about works. It's never been about ticking the boxes. It's never about jumping through the hoops. It's, it's just simply that we believe. I mean, saving faith comes how? Well, we, we believe that Jesus died for our sins. We know we're incapable of saving ourselves. We put our faith in Jesus alone. That's why salvation is always by faith, but it's also why our walk is always by faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. But did you notice that, uh, that next phrase there in verse 6 is kind of interesting. For he who comes to God must believe. Just stop there. For he who comes to God must believe. It's about faith. If we're going to persevere in this life, if we're going to be the people that God wants us to be, if we're living for that day when we want to hear well done, we must believe. Our faith is essential for that personal relationship. Believe what? Well, we must believe that he is. And secondly, that he's a rewarder of those that seek him. Couldn't help but think of Thomas. 
right? The, the disciple, we know him as the doubter. Who on the night of resurrection, Jesus shows up, Thomas, like what was Thomas doing by the way, right? What was more important than the day of the resurrection, you're not there. But oh, good question for heaven. But he's not there. Jesus shows up. They're all excited. They see Thomas. Thomas, you're going to believe the Lord's alive. The Lord's alive. And he, he's just the show me. i got to touch. i got to feel. So unless I can put my finger in his hand and, and my hand in his side, I'm not going to believe. So a week later, now Jesus shows up. Thomas, come here. Actually, the best understanding of the text is Thomas didn't go up there and stick his finger in. He saw him. He knew. He fell down. My Lord and my God. And so then Jesus just simply says, because you have seen, you believe, Blessed, blessed are those who do not see, yet believe. It is a walk of faith. Those that, that's why you can understand it. Man, when we get home and we have lived for that day, when we have lived for the day when we stand before Jesus and we live faithfully in this life in faith with stuff that we couldn't touch and see, there is great reward because God is honored. Uh, do you remember the song? Those of you a little more mature, you probably will. Those of you that are young, it's a great song. We used to sing it all the time growing up. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will erase. So, here's the faith part, bravely run the race till we see Christ. That's the life of faith. That's living faith. I think that's at the heart of what Paul is saying in 2 Corinthians when he's been talking about everything he's been through. And he says, for this momentary light affliction. Now think about that. That's imprisonment for a couple years. That's being beaten with rods. That's being stoned to the point of death. This momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. That which is still to come. That which cannot be seen in touch today while we look not at the things which we are which are seen but the things which are not seen for the things that are seen are what temporal ah but the things that are not seen are eternal faith it's a dilemma because we have to make that choice every day and often, many times in the day, are we going to live for what we can't see and touch in this moment? Or are we going to live for what our culture is telling us here and now? It's the assurance of that which is to come, the things that are unseen. And without it, it is impossible to please God. Folks, Salvation is by faith. If you've not come to put your faith in Jesus for your salvation, that's where it starts. But for every one of us that have, we have the opportunity today. You say, but Steve, you don't know. Yeah, but I know kind of a little bit about Rahab. And I kind of know a little bit about Samson. And I kind of know a little bit about Gideon. They, they were pretty flawed. But they made the hall of faith. So can you.